I, I appreciate you dressing up. Hey, hey, and welcome into the FCC Talk podcast. Chris dressed up, dressed up for this. If uh, if you're watching on video, he he's looking very dashing today. Chris, how you doing today? I'm very well, John. Thanks for asking. I'm super excited about being able to wear a new shirt, and I just feel really good when I dressed up. There you go. And you're on the podcast today. You're doing all kinds of new things today, man. I am. I am just on a roll. Just been super busy, but looking forward to spend some time trying out this new format there we go there we go all right well hey if you are watching on youtube please remember to like and subscribe to this video if you're listening on podcasts please remember to subscribe to the podcast and you know what a lot of these podcasting features have a rating system where you can give us five stars if you like the way chris is dressed today give us five stars go ahead and, and and thumbs up say chris you're doing a great job we're proud of you you're awesome see chris is Thumbs up for it. Five star day. Five star day. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, if you've been listening to FCC talk the past couple episodes, you know that we are just trying to put together a podcast about half hour, 45 minutes that is uplifting, kind of gives you an idea of maybe some news items around, but it's nothing political like that. We, we mainly delve into ministry insights, our personal lives, some Bible, but it's not really a sermon. It's just kind of casual, just kind of uplifting talk that we hope provides you some positivity and uh, something positive for your spiritual life as well. Chris, are you ready to be positive for people's spiritual life today? I'm ready to be positive today. I know you are, just like always. Well, hey, we have some awesome stories today. Our first story that we're going to get into is the spread of Christianity in Africa. So Chris has actually talked about this a little bit in a few of his sermons, but there is an article from the Catholic News Agency, so catholicnewsagency.com. I'll go ahead and link all of these articles in the description, but basically it's about this this Catholic priest who came back from Africa talking about all of the many things that he saw in the spread of Christianity in Africa and, and talked about the Christian church here in America, but but he, he had a quote in the article that I found very interesting and I want to get your thoughts on, Chris. The quote says, faith begins where there are strong families and communities bonding together and they are not living behind their phones. In such a setting, faith naturally happens and grows. What do you think of this quote, Chris? I find that fascinating that he would associate faith with strong families and communities bonding together. I think faith makes that occur when we are faithful and a part of a community and and have a family, then faith actually makes community even stronger but i don't know that it always naturally happens i think that we have to work at it to make it happen in the united states in africa there's more of a communal tribal maybe aspect to it that maybe we don't have here as much but i think we're all looking for that family or that tribe what do you think john well, yeah, I think a lot of what you you said, um, the the main thing that I thought as well is that, you know, faith should provide true community for us, you know, because we were made to live with each other in harmony and live with each other, you know, just in general. We weren't we weren't made to be alone. I mean, there are tons of psychological studies and trends out there that show 
we go crazy when we're alone. I mean, I remember you during COVID, Chris, you had your hair growing out and everything. You were here in the offices. And man, if somebody walked into the offices in 2020, you talked more than you ever talked before in your life. Absolutely. I was dying <laughs> from being isolated and alienated from community. That's something that I love is the, the relationship and the family aspect of our church and church community. That's where I'm. That's where I thrive, and I, I think a lot of people are like that. I agree. I agree. I think COVID was hard for a lot of people. And if you don't know kind of what we're talking about here, maybe you weren't around during COVID or you didn't kind of hear some of the stories. Uh, Chris was in the office every day during COVID. Now, many of us stayed home. In fact, all of us stayed home except Chris, but Chris decided he was going to come here for the fast internet and the coffee machine and everything else. So Chris kept coming in in 2020 and eventually uh, I started coming in on Wednesdays to record the online church stuff. So it was like every Wednesday afternoon I came in, I don't know, probably around noon, one o'clock and Chris and I, it would probably only take us maybe an hour to record, but we would be so craving talking to somebody. And of course, Chris and I are just natural talkers. We would be so craving to talk to somebody. I get texts from Hannah at like four or five o'clock, like, Hey, when are you coming home? And I was like, Oh, sorry, we haven't even started shooting yet. You know? <laughs> and so we would just be in this situation where, you know, Wednesdays were like our social day. Uh, and it was really, really interesting. And even, even when we started coming back, we only had what, two or three people in the office at a time or something, Chris. Um, so it was very interesting of a situation. It was like a ghost town. It really was. Every day, but I sought normalcy and routine and kind of a home and work. And since everybody else wasn't coming in, then it was probably safe for me to come in. Not that, uh, we, we have those kind of interchanges, but, but it took, for some people, it took longer than others. And, and it just depends on how your work-life balance and what you prefer, how you prefer to work. I prefer kind of an office setting where I can concentrate, less distractions, those kind of things. For sure. And I'm a lot of the same way. Um, in fact, I was one of the first ones to come back into the office. Uh, we have others here uh, in the office who at the time, I didn't have any kids at the time, but at the time who had kids and they were working from home, I was like, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I don't know how you make that happen. But, you know, to their credit, they made it happen. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, back to the community thing. I think that we were made to be in community with one another. And I think that a lot of God's laws and a lot of the aspects of living a righteous life um, have to do with living in community together. You know, that's what I always tell people. When the church fails, it's because we're not abiding by what God tells us to do. You know, if if we were all to follow God's law and follow uh, the right the, the the way that He has set forth for us, then we would have perfect communities that everybody would want to be a part of. And so I do kind of see what he's saying here, but, but, I, but I think you're right, Chris. Faith breeds that. It's not community that breeds faith. It is faith that breeds community for us. So, so I guess my question after this then, Chris, is what is the challenge here for the American church? I feel like, you know, you see the African church, you see the spreading, you see the growing, and you kind of hear about some of the stuff. Just 
based on this article and what you know about the African church, what is the challenge here for the American church? Well, John, I agree with you. I think we are created for community and a lot of the depression, anxiety that we have is because we're not engaged in community. We don't have the relationship depth that we need to do life. And for the American church, I think that we need to present that and remind people to be a follower of Jesus, to have that bond with other people in the family of God is a necessary part of life. I've often said, I don't know how people do life without God in the church. I don't know how you do it. And in fact, I don't think they're doing very well when we see the rise in depression, the rise in anxiety, the rise in suicide, the, the rise in broken family relationships and in relationships in general. I think that that's a characteristic of a deeper problem in our, in our culture. I agree, yeah, and uh, just by somebody talking from my perspective where I have gone to counseling before for anxiety, it was actually right, right around after the 2020 time, shocker, um, you know, it, that is a huge thing, that when you don't have community, when you're not living in a group or a tribe, whatever you want to call it, um, you, those kind of things do happen more often. And we're going to talk about another story here in a minute about helping with anxiety and mental health things and stuff like that. But it's huge, and the American church has to embrace that. Um, you know, I think our church, I, one thing I love about our church is that I do think that we are community-driven. I think a lot of that stems from being in a small community together. But I think that when I look around churches today, um, and not to disparage any church, but it can be easy to just watch online. It can be easy to just decide you know, uh, oh, I'm a part of this church, but I don't always attend or, you know, oh, I'll, I'll watch the live stream every month or every other month or something like that. And in reality, I just, I don't think, I don't think it's good for us. I don't think it's good for our spiritual lives. And I don't think it's good for our mental health either. Mm -hmm. When we look at the rise of social media, per se, and, and the rise of anxiety and depression that goes along with it, because Actually, what we thought would be connective is not connective, but in, it is disconnective in a way. And then I think about when we were in COVID and quarantined and we, you know, folks, we had the parking lot church and then they started bringing in the weather got nicer, started bringing their lawn chairs and started sitting outside their cars and people walking around and keeping their Remember, social distance, however far that was, even outside. And just the sense of community that occurred, that we desired to be together and desired to relate and talk and laugh and share life together. I completely agree. Uh, and Chris, you know, I've heard from a few people that they want the drive-in church to come back because they want their lawn chairs. They want their lawn chairs. I think that we probably ought to do a service every once in a while outside just for the sake when we have perfect weather, one perfect weather day, go outside, preach the same sermon I preach inside, and gather, tell them to bring their lawn chairs, and we do communion and, and do it outside because I think that was a real sense of community. 
I agree. I agree. I think it would be fun to do if we, uh, we could manage to get our our hands on another one of those uh, radio devices. I forget what it was called. Radio, but well, the I transmitter. FM transmitter. Yeah. I still, I, I think we probably ought to revisit 2020 in a nostalgic <laughs> way. Remember the good old days of the pandemic. Well, maybe just in that Not way. Yeah. parking lot. You know, the hospitalizations and everything else, we don't want to revisit that. But no, the uh, parking lot, that, yes. But the parking lot church, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Parking lot church, I like that. I think I think uh, somebody could go plant a church with that idea now. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robert Shuler did it in the 60s. That's right. Just redo it in 2024. That's right. That he did. All right. Hey, moving on to our next story, Chris. Thanks for your thoughts on that one. Our next story, this one is a little bit less uh, mental health focused. Maybe it is mental health focused. I don't know. You tell me. But uh, this story comes from relevantmagazine.com. And this story is all about how three out of four Christians now believe in the prosperity gospel. Now, Chris, you have talked about the prosperity gospel in some of your sermons and how it is deceptive. It is a lie. It's something that is infecting uh, a Christian's brains here in America, infecting their hearts. Um, three out of four. That is staggering to me uh what is it with the rise of the prosperity gospel in the past few years what what do you attribute this rise to it's really hard to figure out because when we follow a crucified christ who had nothing and then to equate the gospel with prosperity doesn't really make any sense to me so that's it's kind of crazy but at the same time i don't i don't adhere to the prosperity gospel but I do believe that when we're living according to the word of God living by the grace of God through the spirit of God and as a follower of Jesus I believe we will be blessed and sometimes it might be a financial blessing and it might not be it, it might be just you know great conversation during COVID and the pandemic it might be having good family relationships it might be just having friendships that really make a difference in your life but the whole emphasis on materialism and getting more and having more according to the scripture we're not going to find our contentedness there and and it also says scripture also says that it's harder for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom of god they've got to humble themselves I feel I, I feel very wealthy. I feel like I've been economically blessed. I've worked hard for what I have by the grace of God. And at the same time, we are blessed to bless others. But that's there's no guarantee. I could lose I, I should be able to lose everything I have and still be in right relationship and blessed with God. So that's a long answer, John. No, I, I agree and I think you hit a lot of the points on the head. For me, it just, it always gets back to when is enough going to be enough? You know, if you believe in the prosperity gospel, then you are just going to keep believing in more and more and more and more. And um, I know, I can't remember if Dan, of course, I'm not in the service all that often. I'm normally over in Kid Zone. I don't know if he sang the song recently, but I know when Dan first got here, he introduced a song called Jesus is Enough. And for me, you know, the prosperity gospel is almost in a way saying that, hey, Jesus, thanks for all you did, 
but you're not enough. I also need this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's, that is so backwards to what Christianity is. That is so backwards to what the Christian faith is and what Jesus taught, because, you know, we have everything that we need through Jesus Christ. We have salvation. We have hope. We have peace. Uh, I was just in chapel the other day teaching the kids about uh, Jesus and how he's everything that we need. And I kind of related it to water. You know, I told these kids, you know, some of you drink hot chocolate and some of you drink soda and juice and all these things, you know, Gatorade, all these fun things. I said, but at the end of the day, you wouldn't need anything else to drink but water. And to me, that's where it comes down to with Jesus. You know, we have a lot of things that are nice and, and pleasant and are and our, our blessings to us, but we don't need anything other than Jesus, you know? So that's kind of where I come down on it with. But um, Chris, what are some signs that you would say we should look for, whether it be in teaching or, you know, obviously people who go to church here know that we're not preaching the prosperity gospel. But if somebody is, you know, reading a devotional or maybe they're listening to another church or something like that, what are some signs they should be looking for that might show them, oh, hey, there could be some prosperity gospel teaching here. We need to be aware of this and maybe not, you know, condemn it right away, but just investigate a little bit more. Prosperity gospel, the emphasis is on materialism, and if you give, you get kind of mindset. And so anything where you're saying that God guarantees a return on your giving to the church, something of, of that nature, and, and a constant pursuit of the material over the spiritual. Paul writes in Philippians 4.13 that when the most misquoted verse probably in the Bible I, I can do thi all things through Christ who strengthens me Paul's talking about being content with food and clothing and that is enough and if you have food and clothing you you have enough according to the Apostle Paul which that's what Jesus that's all Jesus had that we know of now most of us get up and w our feet don't hit a dirt floor when we get out of bed in the morning and so we are in the top 10% of the wealthy in the world to begin with. If you're hearing my voice, you're, you're one of the top 10% in the world. And it's amazing how discontent we can be with all that we have. And, and in reality, we should be grateful for what God has given us, whether it's we think it's much in comparison to others that we, wa we know and we wa maybe watch or see online. But the endless pursuit will not bring happiness or contentedness or gratefulness or generosity. So I would say probably that whole idea of I do this, God's going to do that. But at the same time, we pray for healing. We pray for wellness. We pray for wholeness. We pray for blessing. But the material is something nice, but it's not everything. Right, and would you say that if you were to encounter any teaching talking about how maybe you didn't pray enough or maybe how you didn't have enough faith for a healing, would you also consider that prosperity gospel? I think so because, again, there is sickness unto death, but there is also sickness to the glory of God. 
So not always are we going to be healed. Not always are we going to be wealthy. In fact, I think it takes more grace and more character to be content where we are. Now, I'm not saying you can't plan. I can't, I'm not saying you can't budget. You can't improve. But I think the endless pursuit of things is great and a sign of maybe we're trying to replace God with stuff that we know won't satisfy. Right. Yeah. And uh, in the article, Lifeway was the one who did the research on this. And uh, Lifeway was quoted in saying that they believe the growing trend is primarily because of rising inflation and socioeconomic status. Um, and so to me, those are both just, you know, temptations in our world. You know, now we don't want to talk about inflation and, and things like that. But in reality, they're a part of our lives right now for at least those of us who are in America. I look at the location listeners sometimes for a podcast, and I know some of you are over in Europe and stuff like that. But <laughs> at least for those of us in America, inflation is just hitting things really, really hard. And that can be an added temptation to say, well, hey, maybe I try this prosperity gospel because, you know, it's hard to make rent every month. It's hard to, you know, buy groceries every month or something like that. So, so yeah, I think those are great points, Chris, and I appreciate you making those. Uh, we have one more story to get to uh, before we uh, before we get to our last two things, the what you're eating, what you're reading, what, you, what you're watching, and the Bible verse. But our last story is about extending your ministry through exercise. Now, when I saw this, Chris, I really wanted to ask you about it because I know you are a big proponent of exercise and health and how not only is it good for you in your personal life, but for you in your ministry, because you want to make sure you're healthy and not a burden on the church or anything like that. Uh, so this article is from desiringgod.org. Uh, uh, wonderful article. It's, it's rather long, so we probably won't get to all of it. But um, just he did a great job. One, one quote said, regular exercise will likely lead to a greater productivity, not less, in both the short term and the long term. So, Chris, you know, what is the role of exercise played in your ministry throughout your life? Well, I'm a big proponent of exercise. I'm on the Y board and have uh, been the chair of the YMCA board and I just believe that God has given us this body and we are to steward it now some of us have better genetics than others of us and that's a design by God or uh, you can blame uh, the brokenness and the fallenness of man if you didn't get a the body or the genetics maybe you're like me you have to wear glasses and maybe you're hairless like me and and if you're a woman I feel sorry for you but <laughs> for a man Hey, I'm in style. Everybody thought I was just celebrating a fat. <laughs> but in reality, in reality, um, exercise has been a very important part for stress reduction, for just general health. And uh, a friend of mine just said, you know, Chris, um, what would you be able to do if you didn't your body wasn't healthy? And it, it really hit me in a moment where not that I was unhealthy. I had been exercising. I've exercised most of my adult life, and I love working out. In fact, I worked out today 
in an exercise class that's a real important part. I love running. I've you know, been involved in triathlons, and I like riding bikes. I, 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 sometimes I really like swimming, and sometimes I don't. But, but our bodies are the temple of God. We need to take care of it and utilize it. Uh, the things that harm us uh, shorten our lives. You know, it reduces our legacy. I have friends that died that had bad health habits in their 50s. They're missing out on their grandkids. They're missing out on the, the, the retirement years or the years that they could, they, they've grown and they've developed by the grace of God into a, having a Christian influence in those around them. And if you're not around, if you're not alive, you can't do that. And so it, it adds extra years, typically, not always. I mean, we saw it in COVID. Healthy people died of COVID. You see people that have good bills of health that just had their physical, and the next day they die. So it's no guarantee, but I think that that helps us engage mentally and emotionally and physically. And the whole idea of wellness, shalom, is healing, wholeness, wellness, the way God intended it to be. And I think taking care of our bodies is very important. For sure, yeah, and this was actually the article that I was uh, referencing earlier about mental health because when I uh, saw saw somebody to speak to about some of my anxiety and stuff that I was going through, the number one thing they said, you need to work out. And it wasn't like, a, hey, oh, I can tell you, you need to work out. No, it was strictly from uh, you know a mind, mental perspective saying that this, it, this does – lessen your anxiety this does lessen depression this helps in so many different ways uh that the benefits even if you're not losing a ton of weight you know and and when i worked out i lost i don't know maybe 10 pounds so i didn't lose a lot of weight but i did feel better a lot of the times and i think it's just important to get yourself in some kind of routine something that can help you to eat healthy to, uh, to, to, to have healthy practices in your exercises. Um, I know if most people know me, they know that I just had a kid uh, or my wife just had a kid and, and, and I am supporting her through having the kid. <laughs> but um, she had a kid, had our son about a few months ago. And so for me, it's been really, really hard to get to the gym and, and work out because, you know, we got two little ones at home and they require a lot of attention. And, you know, it's hard for us to, to just leave one with the kids or anything like that. So we go on a lot of family walks. We do a lot of things to try and just be outside, walking around, going to the playground, playing. And I think that's the most important thing is just finding time in your schedule to do that. How, how do you find time in your schedule to exercise and, and things like that, Chris? Well, sometimes you got to be creative, but throughout the years, typically with young children, I worked out very early in the morning before they got out of bed. Uh, our grandkids come to our house at 7, seven o'clock or 7.15 every day. I'd like to add a, uh, some running into my program this fall and try to get at least one or two days of running in with the high-intensity interval training I do at the Y. And so I might have to get up at 5 a.m. to do that. So that means I need to go to bed a little bit earlier to get enough sleep. So, I mean, when we talk about physical wellness and health, it's not only exercise, it's also getting good quality rest as well. And so kind of that, you, you kind of be creative. Or like what you were saying, when my kids were little, I would play golf and I'd walk several miles. And so 
Stacy was worn out and tired and needed a break, and so I would take the child with me, throw him on my golf cart pulley thing that I pulled around the golf cart course, and they would ride the golf cart like a horse. And so we would go out and walk them, and they would be completely tired, ready for a nap when I got back. So <laughs> it's just whatever you can do. Uh, so there, there were times where playing golf got interrupted because I can remember, I think, Jennifer or Josh fell into a mud puddle, and my golf game that, that day was over at that mm-hmm. moment. They were soaking wet. I had to take them home, had to change them, and it was over. So, so sometimes you just get interrupted, and it just it's not possible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, not only is it a schedule thing, but you know, just getting started working out too. Um, I know for me, I played sports all my life. Um, I was always, you know, baseball, soccer, football, or I didn't play football, but basketball, you know, I played sports all my life, but I remember when I got out of sports and in the regular world, you know, the idea of going to a gym and working out kind of scared me you know I didn't know exactly how all the equipment worked I mean I knew how to bench press and some of those things that I had done in high school and a little bit in college but I didn't know exactly how all the machines worked and so I almost felt out of place well I went and and got a trainer for a month you know and it it did cost me some money to do that but for a month I got a trainer and just asked him hey man just show me as much as you possibly can help me figure out how to be somebody who I can do this on my own and figure it out and now i feel much more confident in a weight room in a in a cardio room or anything like that far more confident than i ever ever did before so all right chris we will move on here we have just two more things to get to and our two things are or i guess our first of our two things are what you eating what you watching what you're reading is there anything that you're reading is there anything that you're watching is there anything new that you're eating maybe a new place that you've ate at or something new that you've tried at a place here in town that you've really liked just one thing that you can think of what you got well i like the meatballs at at junior shack that's (laughs) a go-to had them last night with a salad reasonably priced meal really like that and are we talking about what we're just what we're eating? If uh, if I you got well, more, if you got I'm reading trying. and watching, go for that too. But right. whatever you want. Eating eating uh, cinnamon uh, Amish made cinnamon bread from the. It's on the weekend. What is it called? The oh, the farmers market. Farmers market, uh, excellent. I I toast a piece, slice slice a piece of homemade cinnamon bread every morning, lather it in the butter. It's got to be a health food because it's got <laughs> butter and it's got flour in it. There you go. And and have that in the morning. Pretty good stuff. Try to hit the farmer's market for sweet corn. I'm a sweet corn guy on the corn on the cob. Those are the things I'm enjoying right now. Tomatoes and cucumbers, obviously. Had a bacon, lettuce, and tom- tomato wrap this, this afternoon. Really good stuff. Great time of the year with the garden produce coming in. How about yourself? Anything exciting you're eating? Oh, eating. You know, we, uh, we're we getting ready for chili again. Uh, we kind of take a break with the chili um, kind of around the springtime. And 
Um, just the other day, I, I walked outside in the morning, and it felt a little bit more crisp, a little bit more cool. So I thought to myself, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get some chili stuff soon. So, um, but I'm, but I'm different. You know, I don't like beans in my chili. So, um, you know, I did a chili cook-off. Did I ever tell you the story about the time I entered into a chili cook-off, Chris? Okay, well, all right, it's kind of embarrassing, but I guess this is, you know, this is FCC talk, so I'll, I'll let it all out there. But uh, when I was at my old church in Virginia, I uh, made a chili with uh, spicy sausage and ground beef and just all, just this variety of meats that I, that I really, really like. And honestly, the, the meats went really, really well together. It was a tomato sauce-based, or tomato juice, whatever it's called, base. Uh, but I didn't put any beans in it, because I don't like beans in my chili. I, that's just me. I, I don't care for them. Um, and they were probably, they were like six or seven, maybe eight chilies that were there, and probably about 100 to 150 people at the competition and I was like so I was so stoked you know I thought man everybody's gonna love my chili it's gonna be awesome well people voted by placing beans in front of each chili and those of us who made the chili we had to leave the room while everybody else voted um there were three beans in front of my chili um and and everybody got like 10 beans or something like that so out of like over a thousand beans, I got three. <laughs> so no beans in your chili. No beans in my chili, so they didn't give me any beans to vote. So, uh, yeah, that was a kind of a punch punch in the gut. So now I make my wife's uh, chili recipe instead of mine because obviously mine was not very good. But live and learn, I guess. I, I'll I'll have to have some strong skin for that, Chris. Very cool. So, I've been. Reading Rooted right now, I'm reading the additional material with Rooted as we're going into this new sermon series. So that's predominantly where I've been reading. Uh, I re uh, read uh, Rick Warren's 365-day uh, devotional every day, uh, Bible through the year every day. And right now our men's group that we meet on Sunday morning, we're, we're reading a, a men's devotional, just men for men. And, and that's really good, too. Just some interesting insights in that. Watching some things on Netflix. I've been watching quarterbacks on Netflix. Uh, some other quarterback things going on right now. Kind of getting ready for football season and the football fantasy draft. Just thinking about those things. Uh, I'm, I like action movies predominantly. So I like it. I like it. You going to draft Patrick Mahomes? Well, if I can. Yeah. I figure you can him pretty good quarterback. I, it, it will be the luck of the draw of who gets first pick in the draft. But there's no guarantees. Mahomes yeah. got hurt last year. He could get hurt this year. You never know. I figure you guys go well together because he's got the like mohawk haircut yeah. thing it, that doesn't really have much hair on the sides, and <laughs> you know you you guys would go well together. Yeah, I'd have to root for the Kansas City Chiefs then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, and he's on your quarterback show too. So there you go. There you go. Like the way he likes to say it, the Chief yep. Kingdom. Yep. I also I watch quarterbacks as well. I like that uh, show. Um, Hannah Hannah told me it was like female reality TV for men, and I said, "Well, no, not exactly." And she said, "Yeah, it basically is." And I said, oh, "Okay, whatever." 
So I, it doesn't change me. I like it. So, all right. Last thing we'll get to before we head out of here, Chris, um, is there just a verse? This doesn't have to be super serious, but you know, just something. Is there a verse or anything that you've been reading uh, this week or today or anything that's just been kind of on your heart that you want to read to everybody? Yeah, First Peter three fifteen. It's a a verse that I had on my wall in my office for years basically says, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I just like that verse that, you know, honor Christ as holy, being prepared to make a defense. You don't have to be defensive, but with honor and respect and with love. Just give reason for the faith that you have. Here's how life works for me. Here's the love of God that has delivered me, helped me, makes my life meaningful and purposeful. And it's not the things that I have. It's a relationship and and the relationship and, and, and the wellness of my soul. So that's kind of a verse for the day for me. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, I've always I've heard that verse and I've always thought you know, not just verbally defending, but, uh, you know, the way with we, how we live to, you know, make a defense with, for Christ with how you live, Absolutely. you know, defend him by loving others, living the way that he would. So that way, when other people see you, they would say, Hey, I can tell that person is a follower of Jesus. And, you know, I want to be closer to that person because they treat me and they treat other people well. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. I appreciate it. That's all we've got for today for FCC Talk. Thanks, everybody, for listening and joining us. And thank you to Chris, the senior minister, the man, the, the, the head honcho, whatever you want to call him here at First Christian Church. Chris, did you have fun? It was fun. Thanks for doing this, John. I have enjoyed it. I hope something that has been said might make a difference in your day-to-day. Have a great day. Yes, we'll do. We'll do. If uh, you tune in next week, next week we will have Dan on again. So we will have Dan back with us having a great time. Like Chris said, have a great week.